So welcome back, everybody. Seth over there. And yeah. I'm okay, over there, that way. Seth and Sean Sports Radio here on StreamYard.com, BackSportsPage.com. We have, before we start, we have a, a litany. I love the word litany. Litany, look at you. I know big words from the big lawyer. Well, there's You're a movie. Really I, 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 there's a movie where there's a quote, big words for a big man. I can't remember the, what it is. But anyway, I'm supposed to, according to our illustrious leader, Randy Zellia, promote our, our show. So let me start doing that. So we have Exit Velo uh, is our baseball show. Zero Technique Podcast is our football <laughs> show. Zero Technique. That's good. Under the Hoodies. Various That's not bad. Topics. No, no, no. They're, they're pretty good. Hardwood Huddle. I like that one. That's good. The unfortunate part is huddle is a football term and hardwood is a basketball term, but you're kind of mixing the two, so I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, I assume it's a baseball I assume it's a baseball show, right? And yeah. Uh, fourth and long is college football. Not really sure what they're talking about these days, but okay. I missed third, I missed third and long. That was always fun. Which, that, uh, the trifecta is various topics. If it's a trifecta, wouldn't that just be three topics? Three topics. It would yeah. be. I know, I know we're not... I know we're not supposed to poke fun at our shows here at BackSportsPage.com, but these are interesting. So we have what the man- we gonna do? There's nothing else has happened in the last week. The Man to Man podcast, which is college basketball. So basically, they will not be getting Jim Beheim as a guest. Uh, so that will never happen. Off the Topic is an interview show. I assume that's being run by Randy. Yeah. The, the Cut Pro Wrestling podcast is... Oh, surprise, pro wrestling. And the ear to the canvas, ear to canvas, is UFC. Okay. I mean, look, there's a lot. Uh, I I thought my man-to-man podcast joke would go a little bit further, but obviously it went no further than me. But that's okay. So all this content is on BackSportsPage.com, and you can find us every Tuesday roughly at about 5 o'clock. So uh, here, here on StreamYard. And we're, we're happy to entertain guests at whatever point you want. You can find me at, at SULawyer2001. You can find him. I had it. Yes. Uh, you can find him, Seth, over there at SCaymans on Twitter. Uh, we're both on Seth and Sean on both Facebook, Facebook and, and Twitter. Yeah. And Twitter. So you can find us. So if you need us. But so let's see what's happened in the last, I don't know. Seven days. No, 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 no. What's happened in the last 12 hours? Well, before we even get to that, I want to say something which kind of hurts me. You know how difficult it is for me to admit when someone can realistically change my view on something, which I had an ardent view on. This guy. Yeah. Wait, Uh, but we're going to get to that in a second. We're going to get, because I want to talk about the last 12 hours first. And then I'll let you talk about Jared Porter. I have to let the dog out. I'll be back in two minutes. That's where I for the next hour. That's where I was going to go with this. So Jared, so Jared Porter. So basically, New York Mets fans can't have nice things. We can't. It just doesn't make any sense. We finally get a guy. We finally get a guy that is a suitable GM whose name is not Omar Minaya, whose name who was okay whose name is not 
Jeff Wilpon, whose name is not. Oh, it's just a guy that is respected, a guy that is went through analytics, a guy who legitimately is a high riser in the industry. That's who the Mets got. That's who we got. And then, ladies and gentlemen, do not put anything on the internet. Do not put anything on a text message that you don't want your mother to see. So Jared Porter, yesterday an investigation was was launched by the Mets in, uh, under uh, suspicions that a couple of years ago, Jared Porter had sent uh, rude and crude text messages to a female international reporter. Yeah. And you know how this plays out, right? You absolutely know how this is going to play out. And and now you're the other way. Yeah, yeah. now you're over there. Just making sure. You know how this is all going to play out in that the Mets lose their GM. Well, they don't lose their GM. Let's understand. They, had, they barely ever had them. But let's understand. This is – and this is not a woe is me. It's really not. This is This is sympathy to that reporter. Because what Jared Porter did was unconscionable. It really was. He stalked her, it, whether it be via Twitter or IMs or, or instant messages, Whatever. X messages. The sympathy lies with her. It does not lie. With, she is the victim. Jared Porter is not the victim in this whatsoever. So, so the more I say and the more I feel that woe is me, a Mets fan, that I can never have good things – I, I'm kind of taking a step back in my own head and go. That makes no sense to me at all. Hold on. You're muted? I'm muted. Yeah. Nobody's muted. You're good. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. I just popped up on my Facebook. So the time's a little bit off. Having good things is trading for Francisco Lindor. Not having a, a GM for a month and a half is not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing. But having a GM that's name is not Jeff Wilpon is a good thing. Yes. And your next GM will not be Jeff Wilpon. I understood. No, but, we, but, okay. we've been li- but we've been living with Jeff Wilpon for the last two decades. So finally you get a GM that's on the cusp of analytics. Finally you get a GM that's respected. Finally you get a GM that you have confidence in that turns those Francisco Lindor trades. And then this. And the more and more I think about it, the more and more, you know what, I'm just wrong. It doesn't matter. Because, again, Mets fans are not the victim here. The woman that was stalked, the woman that was constantly harassed, she is the victim. Jared Jared Porter deserved what he got. Yep. 100% deserved what he got. It just is so ironic that last year the Mets hire a manager – and less than 30 days later, he's gone. And this year, they hire a general manager, and less than 30 days, he's gone. Right. It's, it's just symmetry, right? Yeah. But Steve Cohen, Steve Cohen found out last night, and he was fired at 9 o'clock this morning. And props to Steve Cohen, 100%. Props to Steve Cohen. Oh, I, don't, I saw someone text, actually, or someone tweet that it should have been done at midnight. Maybe he couldn't get hold of him. I mean, you know, it should have been gotta, done as you, yeah. you do your due diligence. You find out it's true, you fire the guy. It's that so, You fire someone within 12 hours versus three hours. 
I don't think between 12 and nine, you're getting real big media. You know, what's the impact of this versus this? I think Cohen just wanted to do the right thing and he did. Um, what's more interesting to me is now, did Chicago know about this? Did Arizona know about this? My assumption is they did not. Um, because I think if they did, I think Chicago would have fired him and Arizona never would have hired him. Um, Sean seems so overwhelmed right, by I would my agree with that. I would... Okay, you were frozen. So I, I thought you were just overwhelmed by my brilliant response to this. Um, but yeah, so to me, no, no, I, I think no you're 100% you right. Know. Yeah. Does that hurt you to say? I mean, look, that you're right? No, because you're going to tell me I'm right in about 10 minutes. It'll be five minutes. One, and yours is uh, much bigger uh, than mine. Easy. <laughs> The Mets, I think baseball in general. Dude, you're, you're freezing up. And it's just not. And, okay, I don't know why. All right, let's try this. I have to turn down most of my stuff. So just give me a second. Am I better now? Okay. You are better now. Is this better? Yep. Can, can you hear me? Covering an eye. Okay, so the fact the is, I think it don't, it's no longer. Nope, you're frozen. It's again. no longer the old boys' club. It's just ah, all right. I don't know why. I'm gonna try quitting that stuff. Yeah, it's a, okay. Look, it's a new so are we better? To... I'm trying here, <laughs> and now I can't hear you. So yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna bring. Okay. I yeah, mean, pretty- we'll get back to that. In, Sean, do you want to you cut off more stuff and come back in? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. All right. So, you know, as he was saying, it, it's not the old boys club. Uh, you have the first GM, um, Kim Ang for, from Florida. You have uh, Sarah Thomas, who is the first person to kick in a, to kick in a big five, a power five conference uh, college football game. She played, she did her job, and now she's actually going to the inauguration. Sarah Thomas is going to be the first woman to officiate a Super Bowl. No one's going to put up with this crap anymore, and even retroactively, no one's going to be no one's going to put up with this with this kind of shit, kind of stuff. Um, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't get the picks. I don't understand. It makes no sense to me at all. And why anyone would want to chan- take a chance on their career doing something so stupid? He's going to get what he did. he gets. He got exactly what he deserves. He'll never work in baseball again. And we go from there. You know, the Mets are, look, the Mets are in a very advantageous spot to get a high-end GM candidate. Um, you have a new owner. You have some good talent now. You brought in Lindor, who you're going to sign long-term. You have Nemo. You have McNeil. You have um, Alonzo. You have the best pitcher in baseball or one of the top three in baseball. In DeGrom, you still have uh, Marcus Stroman. And you're in a division which is strong but not overwhelming. You have Atlanta, you have Washington. The Mets should be right there in the running for a um, for a for a wild card spot. So, and you have an owner who's going to spend, and that's all you can ask for. Who's going to spend and is a fan, but similar to almost like a Steve Ballmer, I think is not going to get involved in the day to day operations. So, they would never have known, and now they're going to now they'll bring in someone else, whether it's from Tampa or the Dodgers or whoever it is. And we'll go from there. Uh, I'm not sure if, okay, I guess I have to add Sean back. All right, and there we go. So are we better now? Everything's good to go. 
Yeah. Okay. There we go. Over there. So yeah. anyway, no, but I, I was listening to what you were saying. They are in an advantageous situation. The fact that Sandy Alderson is there helps that out because he has been there the entire time. They will get a good GM or they may not get a GM at all. And Alderson may just keep the job for a year at this point. I mean, you are a month from spring training. And the good part is, at least for baseball fans, is that Rob Manford has stated spring training will start on time. I still have no idea on how that's going to work. But then again, I didn't think that a football season would be continuous and has been. I didn't think a basketball season would work. I didn't think hockey playoffs would work. And I sure as hell didn't think a 60-game baseball season would work. And all all four of those things have worked. So props to everybody that's made that happen. But spring training is supposed to start in the middle of, of February. And I really don't think you're going to see a GM in New York. I think Sandy Alderson will keep it for a year, let this whole saga die down. And you are you are where you are. I mean, maybe they elevate a Jim Riccio, an assistant GM at this point, just to fill that spot for, for the remainder of the year. But all the executives that, have moved, that were going to move have already moved. I mean, the offseason is almost over here. So I don't think you're going to get that. Oh, uh, I don't know. Look, you know, we, we'll talk a little bit later about the NFL coaching. But there's always some residual really good people that New York has had the, the advantage that they don't have to because you have Alderson. But, I mean, think about it. If Kansas City – if what do you call it? If someone decides last minute they want to fire their coach – Eric Bieniemy may be there, you know, and that's it. You know, and, and going, I think there's something more to it than, you know, that's a whole discussion about what's going on with Bieniemy because it's something that's very confusing that he's supposedly been the best candidate for two years and he's not going to get a head coaching job in either one. Well, let's let's move on to that for a second. So, okay. um, we, we we so there was a there was an article and I don't remember where it was, but somebody had and and I hate not giving credit because. People do right for a living. But somebody had said, would it benefit everybody if you weren't allowed to hire a coach until after the Super Bowl? Period. Would I think that's a great idea. I now think that's a great idea. You'd still have these back – you'd still have these agreements, right? You'd still have the handshake agreements because they occur now. They've occurred forever. Yep. The Rooney rule only works so well. Yep. You know, you know, Urban Meyer was going to be the coach of Jacksonville, no matter how many people interviewed for that job. If he wanted the job, it was a handshake deal. It was done. But would Eric Bieniemy is getting the shaft for being on an amazing team for a team that has made the Super Bowl twice in two years? But well, first of all, he hasn't made a Super Bowl twice in two years. We he will. don't know. What do you say? <laughs> he will. Depends if Mahomes is playing. Um, although I do think if Mahomes plays, they win pretty easily. As much as I like Buffalo, that is a one-dimensional offense. The, the inability of the running game to do anything for Buffalo other than Josh Allen doesn't suit me well in, in Kansas City. They're not going to beat them. They're not going to score touchdown for touchdown against them, I don't think. But the, there's something more to it than this. Because, look – Leslie Frazier was not supposed to get a head coach, was not supposed to ever get another chance at a head coaching job. By him, by Buffalo staying in the playoffs, the, the job that Buffalo did against Baltimore 
he's now going to interview seriously in, in Houston. Now, again, that may be to acquiesce to Deshaun Watson to keep him, you know, potentially not a New York Jet, uh, which we have to talk about. Um, oh, come on. You've got to love that, I would think. I don't, I don't let, we'll get to why I don't love it as much as you believe I do. But anyway. Anyway. Um, well, if you believe, still believe in Darnold, then yeah, I could have to pay $40 million for a quarterback, I guess. But there's, he's interviewed for eight jobs, seven jobs, eight jobs, nine jobs. It's got to be more than they don't have a, that Kansas City has gone to the, you know, is going to the, the Super Bowl two out of three years or two years, you know, potentially two years in a row, gone to the AFC title game three years in a row. There's got to be something more to it than that. I don't know what it is, but I find it hard to imagine. This guy has been the hottest offensive, hottest candidate for a head coaching job. and will not get it for two years. I can't imagine. There's, I, I just can't imagine what, I don't, I don't get it. I, I just don't. I can't imagine it's simply a racial thing. No, I don't. I, no, I, I don't believe it's simply a racial thing. I, I am a little concerned by the whole racial thing in general. Is it because he doesn't call plays and Andy Reid does? I think that's part of it. I think the neither fact did Doug, that neither did Doug Peterson. No, no, no. You're you're asking what it is, right? I think it's yeah. a combination of several things. I think it's. They can't hire – the earlier you hire somebody, the more you can incorporate your system, the better assistance you can get. So right now, if you hire a guy that's, that you have to wait till after the Super Bowl to get that guy, you are uh, – you're not getting the, the, the Matt LaFleurs. You're not getting your top pick of defensive coordinator if that's your guy. You're just not getting that because they're all – They got Dan Quinn when Dan Quinn was – went to the Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator for Seattle. No, no, no. No, no, no. They got Quinn. They didn't get his coordinator. So I'm filling up Quinn the staff. The Quinn was the defensive coordinator. No, no, you're not hearing me. I'm filling up the staff. So if you have Eric Bieniemy, so let's say Robert Saleh gets hired, goes to the Super Bowl, right? Gets hired by the Jets after the Super Bowl. There is the potential that Matt LaFleur would have already been an offensive coordinator somewhere else. There is the potential that Soleil's other choice for offensive coordinator would have been poached by somebody else. You don't get to pick your coordinators. If the enemy is your, your offensive coordinator, I would think, if he gets the head coaching job, he's the one that's probably calling the plays. But who's his, def- who's his defensive coordinator? And all the Gus Bradleys, all the Robert Soleils, all those guys that have been hired by other teams at this point or elevated like Demacio Ryans in San Francisco are going. I think it's D'Amico, if I remember from from his playing days. I thought it was Demacio, but okay, whatever, whatever. The fact is, you lose that ability to fill your your staff with the best coordinators. I get that, but is that really going to preclude you from hiring a head coach? I don't know. I mean, Seth, I don't have the answer for you. No, I mean, it doesn't logically make sense to me. 
that they're, as you said, they're pushing the Rooney rule pretty hard, whether it's, it certainly hasn't been overwhelmingly successful, but there, you have a guy who has led the best offense in football the last three, last two years. I don't remember if he led it the year before as well, when they lost to New England in the AFC championship, he's interviewed countless times. I cannot imagine that would preclude you. If this is the guy you want, I can't imagine that would preclude you from taking him. No, I would. No, I would agree. I would agree with that. But if it's only if you know that's the guy, if it's a one and a one a, if it's him and Robert Saleh, or him and Leslie Frazier, or him and somebody else, where they are one, where they are one and one a, I get that. But here's the thing. When have you heard him as a 1A even? With the Jets, it was it was Soleil or Arthur Smith. Yes. With I believe with Atlanta, it was Smith or Raheem Morris actually keeping as your keeping making permanent. Although I think he's now going to go to Jacksonville. San Diego was Brent was Brandon Stoley or Brian DeBrawl from Buffalo. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name from Buffalo. Not only have I not heard of him as a one, I haven't even seen him as a finalist. Now, again, I'm not, re- you know, I only read ESPN and The Athletic. You know, I'm not, it's not like I have some inside source. Right. But when have you heard of him as the candidate to be in any of these? No, you're, you're right. I'm not disputing that. So it's weird. Like, it just is. And that, you know, look, John Harbaugh was a special teams coordinator. He never called plays. You know, it's not an unusual, it's not unusual. If, you know, the, the head coach is supposed to be the CEO, the, the motivator, the, the, you know, that's supposedly what the enemy is, you know, and not, you know, what, look, you can always, you know, I always, even when my firm, I hire people to do the work. My job is to bring it in and to motivate and to manage, which, you know, who the hell knows how well I do it, but yeah, exactly. But, you know, <laughs> but the point is you have people who can call, who can do the work. You have people who can play the call the plays and you're involved, but that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be precluding you from getting a head coaching job. So if you are a really good motivator and you've done an extraordinary job with the best offense in football for the last three years and everyone in their mother has pushed you for this, for a job, and you've interviewed eight times, and you've really probably, as far as I know, never been a finalist. And now you're only getting an interview almost out of pity in Houston because of the Sean Watson situation. What the hell? Yeah, I mean, uh, what? Seth, I don't have the answer for you. Um, and, I, and I know you know that. Um, but it's a matter of, yeah, I would say the same thing. What What the hell, right? And and maybe something comes out later where we just don't know. And maybe there is something in the interview process that comes out that people don't like about the enemy. It's hard to, it, it, there's nothing to speculate on because we have no evidence of this. But the fact, the only thing that I can gauge this on is that it just takes too long. And you can solve that issue by not hiring anybody until after the Super Bowl, period. End of discussion. And if you do that, then there are no excuses, right? This excuse goes out the window. You're solving a problem. 
And that's not to say that will be the only problem because then somebody will make another excuse why somebody doesn't get hired. But at least it gives one of them out of the way. But let's instead of talking about the guys that didn't get hired or aren't getting hired, let's talk about the ones that are getting hired. And there you are gotta, still you there are, you know, and there still are a couple of spots open, right? You still got Philly and Houston that are both still open. And did, did, uh, Dan Campbell take was Dan Campbell officially offered the job in in Detroit? I don't I don't believe so, but I I pretty much consider that job closed. Like okay. I think that's Dan Campbell's job. Um, not sure you want the Lions' job, but it, it's a job. And to go from tight ends coach, assistant head coach, it's kind of like the John Harbaugh saga, right? You you go from a non, as you said, play calling type person to a head coach. Dan Campbell's always been known as a motivator. Maybe that's exactly what they need. Uh, I think the Lions need a little bit more talent than they need motivation, but that's what the draft's for, and that's what training yeah. Matt Stafford will do. Exactly. You'll trade Stafford. You'll get a first-round – I think you'll still get a first-round pick for him, and you have pick six, pick seven, you know better than I do, um, where you can take a quarterback or you can trade back and take a quarterback, um, considering how quarterback heavy this draft is. Correct. And – and we have, excuse me, we have plenty of time to delve into the draft before the end of April, in which uh, I will be more than looking forward to the draft because that's about all I got. And I got almost on, <laughs> and I got about $100 million in free agency money ready to go. But there's two things that I do want to delve into. One is the Jets do have a new head coach, Robert Select. I'm more interested in the offensive coordinator with the last name of LaFleur than I am in the coach. And I think you and I discussed this previously. I want them to keep Darnold. I think this is a way forward of keeping Darnold rather than taking another quarterback. I think that would be a step back. We can get into whole Deshaun Watson saga in in a couple of minutes. Uh, I like the hire. I have a very bad – uh, the Jets have a very bad track record besides Rex Ryan of hiring defensive coordinators in general. But Soleil does they, they also have a really bad, you know, of having hired offensive of coordinators. Any, of anybody. Just, right, anybody. So, so you have that. But I think at the end of the day, this is a good hire. I think this is the – this is – if you weren't going to go Arthur Smith, this is the right hire. Look, you need a motivator. Yep. Supposedly, Soleil is great at that. Yep. You need a guy who understands he's a, you know, he know, he's not, he is a defensive guy. He needs to bring in, you know, he's not going to be someone who's, I don't think he's going to be someone who's overwhelmingly going to be involved in the offense. I just don't. I just get a gut feeling on that. Bringing LaFleur gives you, you know, you have someone you're comfortable with and have confidence in can run the offense. You have a hundred million dollars to spend, which you're going to spend on, you know, I'm assuming a wideout. You know, again, depending if you trade back or not, which I assume you're going to. If someone wants Justin Fields or Zach Wilson at two, um, you'll have two or three first round picks. Again, assuming there's no, assuming you're not trading for Wilson and we're not uh, for for uh, Watson, we're not going to talk about that right now. You have a lot of draft picks. You have a lot of cap room. You have no. There's nobody you need. There's nobody you need to keep. Um. So, I, um, you have nobody you need to keep. 
everyone on that team is utterly tradable um, if necessary. I assume you want to resign Marcus May would be my guess. Oh, yeah. I think well, if you the, can get him for about $8 million a year, you'd be pretty happy. He's, even still, I mean, he's not great, but he's a leader on the defensive end, and you could use that. Look, when you have $100 million in cap room, you, the first thing you need to do is sign your good players, whoever those may be. If you have to pay, and you, if you have to pay a little bit of a premium to go get them, you go do it. Do you pay $16 million for no. the same way Eddie Jackson and Jamal Adams are going to get? No, that's the whole reason why they traded Jamal Adams in the first place, is that they did not want to give up $16 million for a safety. Do you pay 9 or 10 Absolutely. Like that's market at this point. You do yeah, it. I think they'll be, oh, look, I think they'll pay it. I think I think he wants to stay. Yeah. I think I kind of get the feeling he's one of those guys who wants to kind of lead the renaissance for lack of a better term. Well, you got you got three defensive players that are going to be on this team. One of them you can't get away from anyway, and hit that's CJ Mosley. Right. Just but, the number. The contract. But number remember, CJ Mosley, if he plays. Is a top and he's back. No, to no, no. I'm saying these are the th you said everybody's tradable. These three guys are not going to be traded. Quinton Williams is not going to be traded. He's not. The the defensive lineman will not be traded. You're smiling like you think he will, but he will not. Someone brought it up as part of the Watson deal. There is no way unless JJ <laughs> Watt is on his way back. Like, there's no way. You don't want JJ Watt. I don't, I don't want to trade Quentin Williams. He's on a rookie deal. I don't want that. That's why I said so, you don't want to trade for J.J. Watt because he's I, – I, I think Quentin Williams, Marcus May, and C.J. And, uh, Mosley will be on this team next year. Okay. Other than, and on the offensive side, I think you have Jamison Crowder will stay on the team. Uh, Denzel Mims. Back to – Right. Most of their offensive line that they have – will either be starting or in reserve. Like they, they were good signings, they're just not star players. So mm -hmm. if they get if they get a guard and a tackle in the draft, those guys become reserves. And that's okay. But they need look, they need a lot, right? But you're right. The first thing they needed was a motivator. And hopefully they got that. Now let's move on to this Deshaun Watson debacle that I call a debacle because I want absolutely no effing part of it. None. Zero. Absolutely none. If Jamal Adams costs the Seahawks two first-round picks and a second, what on God's green earth is Deshaun Watson going to cost? Your firstborn. Right. What you offer? I would offer that in a heartbeat considering yeah. I'm not having any. So oh that, I'm good with that. But realistically, three firsts. Three first, Darnold, and a second. That's what it would cost. If you did, let's talk this out for a second. Okay. If you got, you have two firsts in twenty one. You have two firsts in twenty two. Mm -hmm. You have a first in twenty three. Yep. Darnold becomes extraneous if you bring yep. in Watson. I don't care. No. No, it's too much. Not you know. Again, you're not trading. You no, know, you have to. You do probably have to trade the number two. Unfortunately, that I think is the problem. Yes. It, if I was giving up both Seattle picks and and Darnold, he's gone. Like that's easy. That's easy. Well, yeah. Would you pick up? Would you trade th two Seattle plus a twenty twenty three number one pick? 
And probably. No. Probably. But I'm not trading either one of mine. Like, that's the – the two-pick is no. The two-pick is an absolute no. Because if I can give up the two Seattle picks and another number one, I can use the two-pick this year to recoup some of that it's and then trade. go back and get more. Something like that. I agree. Right. So, no. So And the other thing is, yeah, Darnold is $9 million next year and then 23 the year after. Watson's 28 for the next four years. And that's not to say that – I don't average, think so. Average. But I think average. next year he's 10. Yep. And then and he's 35, 37, 39. 10, 35, 37, 39. Plus, so average, now, how, how much of the bonus – Nothing. Houston, Houston doesn't cover any of any of this. No, they cover the whole bonus. Okay. So the way a signing bonus is written in is that that would accelerate towards the Houston cap. They would have to take a hit day one that they trade them of the entire signing bonus. None of that bonus moves over to the Jets. Zero. What I'm saying is, is the 35 million, 37 million, 39 million. Is that is that inclusive? That's not inclusive of the signing bonus. That's base salaries. That's so what I wasn't sure. So, yeah, I mean, look, could the Jets afford it? Jets are the one of the few teams that actually could afford it. But why would you? If you're this, – this is very much in the same vein that I thought of the Nets trade last week, and I've been rethinking that. But it's you're the only team – that could possibly make this trade, why are you? Why is somebody else holding a gun to your head and you saying, okay, I, I, don't, I don't see if, – if Watson is demanding to get out with a $175 million cap this year, there are only two teams in the NFL that have two first-round picks in the first round. Your first-round picks in the first round? Just want to make sure I got that right. Wow, I just messed that up. <laughs> wow it's been a long day two first round picks this year and that's the dolphins and the jets that's it so if you wanted to have a pick in the first round it, it's more likely he'll go to miami than he goes anywhere else in my opinion two and two first round picks something along those lines yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe there's any chance he stays no Zero. I think that I think that has run its course. And uh, this is an incredibly silly thing that Cal McNair did. Incredibly silly. And you now, as you said, you know the two the two jobs again. Assuming Detroit is open, it closed. But even if Detroit's open, we're talking about three of the worst jobs right now in the NFL because Philly's completely splintered. Now again, a good that could that could be repaired, but you have. The Carson Wentz situation versus Jalen Hurts versus bringing in another quarterback. You still have angry players from what happened in the last game of the season. You have Houston, which the whole town is divided on the dish. No one's even divided. Everyone is against the team because everyone loves Deshaun Watson because what the heck's not to love. And you have Detroit, which has just been a loser for 45 years. I don't know who wants the, I mean, who really wants these jobs? They're not good. They're not really good jobs. No, I agree. I mean, and if you want to read some good investigative journalism, I suggest go over to SI.com 
and read how this guy Jack Easterby became the guy for Cal McNair. Which the whisperer. Yeah. I got to tell you, it gives me a little bit of hope. All I got to do is be a man of God and, and, find, and find legitimately a sucker that I can stand next to, and I'll be a GM of a, of a, of a team. Hey, I heard there's a job open in Flushing. I know you don't really want to come back to New York. But. <laughs> well, you know if the Mets ever called, I'd be on the first, pl- you'd be first plane. In ba- you'd be sleeping in my basement for as long as you needed. Dude, I'd be sleeping in Flushing because I would never go home. But, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't think the Jets make the deal. I, I – Think it would be stupid if they didn't ask about it. I actually agree with you. I, I think that doesn't seem like Douglas's mindset. No, that's the yeah. anti-Joe Douglas. That right. is totally the other Jets GM quick quick fix scheme. Yeah, that that's Brody Van. That's Brody Vandenheim. Let let let's let's trade Jared, Jared Kellenek and uh, and Jay Bruce, the number nine overall prospect. To Seattle, and let's get back Robinson Cano because I mean, why would because everybody wants Robinson Cano? So let's (laughs) just give the number nine prospect in baseball to get an albatross of twenty five million dollars for the next four years. You got Edwin Diaz in the deal too. (sighs) (laughs) It is hard out there. All right, so over the last week couple of things have happened. We've had an impeachment. <laughs> yeah, but we're not going to talk about that. And we've also had a – after last night's show, we had a pretty big deal. Uh, we had a trade to the Brooklyn Nets, which at the time I was pretty much mocking that the Nets gave up too much. And over the course of the last week, I've thought and thought about it. So, so let's go through it. So – the, the Nets obviously got James Harden after a long courtship of trying to get him. The Rockets get Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum from the Cavs, Rodion's Karukas from the Nets. The Pacers are also involved and are the Cavs. The Pacers get Karis Levert and a second-round pick from the Rockets. The Cavaliers get Jared Allen and Torian Prince, and the Rockets get Brooklyn's three unprotected first-round picks in 22, 24, and 26, and swaps in 21, 23, 25, 27, and also Milwaukee's 22 first-round pick, which is via Cleveland. So when I first looked at this trade, I said, the Brooklyn got suckered. Uh, As you were basking in the glow of one of my teams making a stupid trade. I was. It hasn't happened very much, and then I've had two in the last 12 months. It was. So I did that. Then I looked at it and said, okay, so who won? Well, I said that the Cavaliers came out the best to me with getting Jared Allen for basically nothing. And I thought that that was a great move to get themselves in. They absorbed Torian Prince's $13 million contract, and they can legitimately play five, seven-footers at one time now because they have two guards and nine center slash power forwards, which is like my NBA – it's like my Lakers versus Celtics lineup with Eldon Campbell as the point guard. And um, he, he wasn't bad at 6'10". No, he was As a point guard. And then I looked at whether – was Karis LeVert a better player than Victor Oladipo? Why did the Rockets make that switch? And they made that switch for money. 
I mean, yeah. let's let's be honest. Uh, when you have Ferreira, the owner of the Rockets, he wants to break this all down. He doesn't ever want to be in the luxury tax. And Oladipo is going to be traded at the deadline or let go. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah, or let go. And Levert has three more years and $17.5 million. That's a very reason. It's two more years, two and a half more years at $16 million a year, which is a very reasonable deal for a player of his caliber if he stays healthy. That's Um, I agree with that. But when you have a $40 million player in John Wall, your salary and the salary cap is not going up anytime soon. You are limited in what you want to do if you want to create a contender. So, do you want to create? If you wanted to create a contender, you keep Karis Levert. If yes. you want to, if you want to drop into the lottery, the first round pick that is being sent to Oklahoma State, I believe, is protected. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City not Oklahoma State. Oklahoma City, I believe, is protected one through four. So if they come in as one of the worst force teams this year, they get to keep their first-round pick. So I think that has something to play into this as well. So at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of the week, I thought, ah, the Nets got snookered. This is awesome. I love it. Should I I come in and tell you where I gave you props on this? Yeah, I was going to get there. I was going to get there right now. Right now. right now, okay, go good. right ahead. Go right ahead. Sean and I talk usually, give or take every other day. Just and Sean was getting a good kick out of getting a cook, good kick out of my exasperation as a Nets fan, which is part of my prenup, and and also because I'm a Jersey boy and I'm there from the days of Otis Bird's song and Michael Ray Richardson, and. I called him yesterday on the drive home from work and he said, and he's on Seth. He's like, I go, you know, we're going to talk about this. And he's like, Seth, you're looking at it wrong. Now, 90% of the time when Sean says you're looking at it wrong, I kind of like, no, I'm, you know, he gives an explanation. I go, okay, I get where you're coming from, but no, this one, I kind of like, <laughs> because, because it's predicated really on one thing and one thing only. And that's keeping Kevin Durant beyond the 22-23 season. And the point being that you weren't going to re-sign Jared Allen because you had to sign Deontay Jordan to DeAndre Jordan to get Durant and Irving. You can't afford Allen, who's going to want five years, 75 million, something like that. It goes, there's only so far you can go over the cap. You have now, of course, what really frustrates me is you have the seven first round picks. Now again, three are flips, four I four flips, three are legit, or three are so I forget what it is. Which means, practically speaking, that the Nets are not going to may not have their own first round pick until twenty twenty eight. My son is getting ready for his bar mitzvah. He's currently in preschool. But what he came back with was logical. And to be fair, Nabate Al brought this up, but not to the deg- not in the right not to the degree that you did. Is look. Number one, they're not going to flip in 22 because the Nets are going to still be a championship caliber team. Houston's not going to be there. If you bring in Harden, you have a better chance of signing signing Kevin Durant to another three plus one or two plus one or whatever you're going to do. And if you have Harden and Durant for four more years, then you make the deal. Because then my whole point is if this only stays for two years, maybe you win a championship, maybe you don't. 
but you're looking at five or six years of nothing land for the most part. If you are going to be able to sign again, this is all predicated on signing Durant because Kyrie Irving, who the heck knows what we're getting out of this one way or the other. They may trade to recoup. They may see how it works together this year. He comes back, I believe, tomorrow night. Um, but you have a motivated Harden, who, when motivated, is one of the five best player, five to ten best players in basketball. And you have Durant, who, if healthy, is one of the top five players in basketball. Um, but if we suddenly, that means we're probably not going to flip twenty four, because we'll have we'll still have Durant. And then you have, a, you have a legitimate chance for the next four years to win two title, to win a title or two. And for that, you can make the deal. Did I pretty much cover it correctly? Yeah, that's about right. I mean, it's, so it's I can see the good point. Yeah, I did a good job. And and I thanks. And I and I and I seriously believe that, that is the case. I think that these picks will if you remember where these picks are, 20 let's play them out. 2021 is this year. You're going to be in the 20s, right? I mean, all case, all case in point. 2022, you're likely to be in the 20s again next year. You have three guys in their prime. If they opt out, your first real problem is going to be in 2023. But that's assuming they opt out. My presumption is none of these guys are going to opt out. I just don't think they will. I think, first of all, Harden's got like $49 million. Like, who the heck opts out of $50 million? Maybe Durant opts out and re-signs. Maybe Kyrie opt out and instead of going to the moon, re-signs. So that's 2023 and 2024, even if it's a two plus one. And then you're dealing with 2025, 2026, and 2027. If it's a two plus one, you have the issue in 2025. Okay. By the way, it's 2021 right now. You can make a trade later. Remember, none of these have no trade clauses. If you wanted to flip Kevin Durant tomorrow, you can only imagine how many firsts somebody would line up to do that. And that's not to say that it's going to happen because it won't. But you could do it. I am shocked. I will tell you that flat out, that Kyrie Irving was not in this trade. And the only reason he was not in this trade was because the Rockets don't want salary. Yeah. They just don't want salary. Because I bet you the Nets were more than willing to get rid of Kyrie Irving. They were more than willing to dump seven thirty million million and keep Karis LeVert. I really think they were. Where Kyrie Irving is in his head is probably the most interesting question of 2021 basketball season. He could ease – I would not be surprised if he didn't play the rest of the year, and I wouldn't be surprised if he played like an all-star the rest of the year. Now, he is supposed to come back tomorrow night. So He was we'll supposed see. to come back two days ago, and he didn't. Yeah. So, now, I mean, he, this is the headline on ESPN. He rejoined the Brooklyn Nets on Tuesday after two weeks away from the team. He's expected to play Wednesday night against Cleveland. And as uh, Bruce Willis used to say, yippee ki whatever, whatever. Mother something. Yeah, yeah. mother, yeah, yeah, mother fludger. But the fact is, would you be surprised if you got 
nothing out of him, or would you be surprised that you got an all-star performance? I don't think you'd be surprised by either one of those. No, I would be surprised if we got nothing out of him if he's playing. Right. Um, no, I'm saying, but I'm, I'm talking about the rest of the year. If he quit no. the rest of the year, I would be the least bit surprised. Then uh, they would then they would void the contract. No. Nope. Good luck with that. If someone, if so, I don't know if you can, or at a minimum, you can, well, he was, he was fine. He lost all the salary for all the games he missed. Because of so COVID, pro, because of COVID protocols, not because he left. Let's understand where this you is. Mean, are you saying you can walk away from a $30 million contract and not fulfill the moral obligation, the moral causes? Is so, that a moral cause issue? So let's understand what happened in Cleveland, right? So he wanted out of Cleveland. Yes. And he went up to Kobe Altman. This is reported, and I, I don't have any reason to dispute the report. And he went up to Kobe Altman and said, I need knee surgery. I can either have it today and sit out the rest of the year, or you can trade me. Make your, make your decision. And they traded him. So you're an athlete, right? You could, I mean, look. I could have any one of a number of aches and pains the entire year. You could go Kawhi Leonard and not play for a full year because you have a thigh bruise. I mean, it is really hard to tell an athlete that he's 100% healthy and take him to court over it and make the case that he is. Good luck doing that with anybody. So could they get him – in a moral clause, you could certainly go to arbitration and try, but you're not going to do it. It's just it's it's not going to happen. You could suspend him. Look, Terrell Owens, right? I mean, how many athletes go down? This way? He's getting paid thirty million dollars, so the suspension doesn't do any good. Exactly. Um, the question is, at this point, you know, as you said, does he have it? What is his trade value at this point? Correct. He's welcome in Cleveland. He's worn out. He wore out his welcome in Boston. He's well on his way to wearing out his welcome right now in Brooklyn. Yep. And he's superfluous at this point. But is he? Is he superfluous? So that team, if that team as constructed right now, and again, this is where my mind has certainly changed because I tried to figure out, and I wanted to do some research, but didn't have enough time. I wanted to figure out how many teams have played in the top five in offense and the top and the bottom five in defense and have made it to a conference final. There's got to be at least one, right? I mean, even if you look at the Denver Nuggets in the 70s when they were throwing up 140 points, there's got to be at least one of those teams that's been able to do that because this team is going to need to do that. <laughs> this team is going to need to throw up 130 points a night to win because they are going to give up 129 every single night. And there's nobody to guard this team. You, even the best, even the Lakers couldn't guard this team. Because even the, even the Bucs couldn't guard it. Like, even the Heat don't have the athletes to guard this team. You can put on the floor five guys that can all hit threes. Yes. There's, there is no other team – in the NBA that can do that. None. And can hit him at like 40%. I'm not talking about you and I hitting a three once every seven times. When, when, when Lindsey Shamit is your worst three-point shooter, 
that is and he's not starting <laughs> no well who's the fifth i mean deandre jordan but he's not shooting threes no no you're playing durant at the five okay so you're playing harris at, at the you're playing harris at the four i guess you are who's your who's your three Am I missing somebody? Oh, maybe Shamit is starting. Shamit's your two. Shamit is starting. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, Shamit's you're starting. Yeah. So I mean, if you're gonna oh, say no, no I'm playing. I'm playing TLC. I'm playing TLC as your four. Luau, Luau? Yeah, I'm playing him at your four. He's hitting like thirty-five percent from three. Well, because he, he has eleven seconds to shoot because no one goes anywhere near him. Okay, but he shoot th- and nobody will go near him again if you play yeah, with like the other. Playing, you know, it's like if you're playing in a pickup game, and you have and pe- no one's going to guard you from the three point line, so you'll have fourteen or fifteen seconds, give or take. You should and be able to hit thirty percent at that point as well. And and Seth, if your other four players are James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, and Kevin Durant, that sounds like a good place to be, sitting at the three point line just waiting because. The kick and drive is going to be fun. I don't believe that Harden will have a hard time immersing himself in the offense. I don't. No, he will transition to the point guard like he did play the one time for the one year when he led – I don't know if he led the league in assists with Houston, but he was pretty close. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how he and Kyrie work, but not because of the -the on-the-court basketball stuff. It's because of – the ego. It's the Kyrie. This was finally his and Durant's team. And now it's no longer his team. And I know you're you're probably going tough noogies. Like that's the way that works. But he left Cleveland because it wasn't his team. He left Boston because it wasn't his team. He his came team, I don't it was his team in Boston. No, when when Tatum became good, it was no longer his team. It was still his team team until he threw away that responsibility. Maybe, maybe. You're probably right. See, I can give it back to you. You're probably right. Yeah, Yeah, every once in a while. But um, I will tell you, they are the best team in the East right now. I didn't think that they were. I think they are a better team than than Milwaukee. I think that will be one hell of a series. I think that will be one. I you look, he's looked great the first two games. He's immer- immense, immersed himself beautifully with the team. I agree. As you said, I worry about the defensive end. They don't have to be top 10, but they can't be number 28. And as of now, that team can't. Like I watched that Milwaukee game last night. I watched a lot of it. That was yep. a lot of fun. But Milwaukee has good def- Milwaukee has good defensive players. Middleton, yes. Holiday, you know Giannis is a Giannis. Um, you know, I'm not convinced. You know, everyone's jumping on this bandwagon. I think it's too quick. I'd still say Milwaukee is better as of now. I'm not saying they will be by the end of the season. Um, I want to see how this team. I don't see. I, I want to see how Irving immerses himself, or if not, if you trade him, what you get for him. Before I'm willing to say this Nets team is going to win, is going to go to the finals. What is success for you with this team? The championship. There is, that is the no- all, that's the only successful barometer for this team is a championship? For all intents and purposes, yeah. 
because I mean, look, if you say the finals, I'm fine with it. With it for this year or for the next over the next two years. Let me rephrase. I'm saying you're looking back in 20, uh, 2025, right? So five years from now. What is a barometer of success? So by 2025, you will have one, one first-round pick. Hold on. You'll still have one first-round pick to give in 2026, and you'll have one swap in 2027. Okay. So what is – if it all ends in five years, right? If everybody's gone in five years, and it may very well happen because Durant will be 36, 37. Yeah. So let's assume it ends in five years. What was worth it to give up all this and still have two picks? Two rings? Yeah. Wow. I mean, Do you know maybe, how many teams? Because look, my comparison. Maybe one ring and at least one other final, maybe two other finals. Look, the there's only so many comparisons you can make for a with a team of this that's built like this. It's Miami of 2010 to 2013, who rarely they trade they you know Riley put together this quote unquote dream team had the three stars and put all supporting people around them, and they won two titles and went to two finals. And they should have won one of the other finals. They probably should have won one of the other finals. Um, the only one they were, I mean, they were a better team than Dallas. Dallas just outplayed them. Golden State had the three, had that triad of people, you know, even a four with Har with uh, Green. Um, you know, you went to four championships. You won or five championships. You won three of them. I'm not sure. If you have supposedly a top 10 player of all time or borderline top 10 player of all time in Durant, you have a top five to 10, you know, you have two top 10 players currently, assuming Durant can stay healthy with Durant mm -hmm. and Harden. You have Irving, mm -hmm. who's top 15 to 20 player. You've all brought them in for that as a mercenary esque run. If you don't at least get a title in two finals or two titles, I'm not sure. How anything if you don't get a title, I don't know how it can be considered a success. Okay, so there, so I know we're gonna go a little over today because I think we need to, but number one, let's understand that these guys are in a different period of their career than the three guys that you just mentioned, right? Fair. You're looking at their age 30 to 35 rather than age 25 to 30, which is what you were getting the other other guys. Yeah. Number two, I consider this year, albeit a very interesting year, a lost year from team development standpoint. It is much easier to create a team in, when you get these players in the offseason than when you're doing it on the run. And right now, that's what Sean Marks is doing. So, he, so while Riley was able to grant your, your top three, and I believe that was in June, Right. And have all offs at before free agency even started. He knew he was getting LeBron. And then it was now I got to fit a Mike Miller. Now I got to get guys pieces around him. I'll use the biannual exception. I'll use whatever exemptions I have. Sean Marks doesn't have that luxury right now. He doesn't have a luxury at all because he's capped out and he doesn't have trade pieces. So he doesn't have any of that. So I think this year for that barometer is whatever you get out of this year to me is great, but it's also your year 31 year, which is 
gravy when your train is on the downhill rather than going to yeah, the peak. I think, look, a typical prime is somewhere between 28 and 32. So, I mean, do, neither of them, they're not built on their speed. They're not, I mean, as, as a great play, look, I don't love the way Harden plays, but again, I should probably kind of take a step back on that. I don't love how Harden played in Houston. I loved how he passed the ball. I didn't love the isolation drive, get fouled, or three-pointer Harden. Sure. You know, but that is a game that can last for a few years. Durant, again, assuming there's no health concerns. Um, Durant, he's gonna, you know, he may be 80% of the player he is, but that still makes him a top 20 player in the league. Irving is still 26 years old, 27 years old. Irving's not old. Again, I don't know what we do with Irving. Because I don't know how he fits into this. I don't know how you see to me, you lost your first year with these two because of everything that happened. Yep. You're now conceding your second year because anything. So pretty much you are guaranteed one year of a run on this. Wait, because we don't know if Durant is gonna Durant can right, you're get right, you're guaranteed. You're look, look, I'm not saying. I'm not saying you may not have expectations, you, Seth Caymans. I just don't think it's fair in the comparison between this and Miami that you are looking at th- you're looking at your big three, which you just brought to, to – you're right. There are very few of these comparisons that you can make. But I don't believe any of these comparisons were made on the fly. This is the first one. So they didn't have an offseason. They didn't have – even the GM didn't have an offseason to, to make moves around them. When you get to the the buyout deadline, where I know all Brooklyn Net fans are saying, oh, well, we'll get buyout guys. Well, guys, you can look to Boston for the number one buyout guy, whoever that is, because they have $19 million to spend on a buyout guy, and you have 1.4. So they could technically spend $19 million if LaMarcus Aldridge gets bought out. He's not going to go for 1.4 when you're giving him $18 million more. It's just not going to happen. So I just think it's a hard comparison, not an impossible one, but a hard comparison to build Miami versus the Nets. And we'll talk more about this as the season goes on because this is a fl- this is a flowing conversation, it's right? Conversation. Yep. It's, it's not going to end today. All right. So, Before okay. We, we got to pick our games. Oh, we do. Okay. So go right ahead. Oh. I like the favorites. I like Green Bay in Green Bay in the snow over New England. Although I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Over New England? You mean New Orleans? Or Tampa, excuse me. Over New Orleans? <laughs> New England, New Orleans. You said New uh, England we're, we're, first. We're, we both killed that one over Tampa. Um, okay. I'm not sure it's going to be as big. I just think Green Bay is a better team right now. Green Bay looks just looks great. But Brady's used to playing in the snow. Fournette played in Jacksonville where the weather is crap. I don't think the team is it's going to be as big of an issue. But at the end of the day, I think Green Bay is just a slightly better team. I think they win. <sighs> I think KC wins, and I'd love to see Buffalo do it. I think KC wins the game relatively easily. I'm shocked, and it's funny, we didn't even really talk about the title, the, the uh, divisional title games, divisional playoff games. I'm shocked how – Buffalo has made this 10-game run with no running game at all. Well, they do have one. 
Josh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. They have no legitimate running game. Allen is a good is not should not be your primary running back. He's a 6'5", 230. And I don't think you know Cleveland with Chubb and Hunt. The point was you could grind this team down and take time off the clock. And Cleveland kind of I mean they look, did it. They did. did. Look, if Higgins doesn't fumble the ball at the end zone, who the hell knows what happens? Um, Casey has not looked great, but I think this is a good matchup for them. So I, I, I'm being incredibly unoriginal and going with the two favorites. I'll take Kansas City and Green Bay. All right. I will take Tampa Bay just to be different and because the fact that I have picked Tampa Bay the entire year, so I'll stay with them. And I will go Kansas City because I believe I picked Kansas City at the beginning of the year. So I'll take both of them. Um, does your pick change if Mahomes doesn't play? So it goes I'm to Buffalo. Assuming, yeah, I'm assuming Mahomes plays. So um, if Mahomes does not play, your pick is going to Buffalo. Probably. I think Mahomes is worth about 10 to 14 points. I agree. So, I so agree. Team, they win by about 10 to 14 if Buffalo, if they don't have them. Buffalo is going to pretty much Buffalo is going to double Kelsey and pretty much play. You know, look, Leslie Frazier has done a hell of a job. Um, is a good defensive coordinator. He will put a game plan in for both. If it's, I think Buffalo will win by a field goal if there's no moments. Okay, I think, I think Green Bay would be Buffalo. I think either Green Bay or Tampa would be Buffalo. I just so I think I think Kansas City wins no matter what. Um. I think this is going to be the Le'Veon Bell show. I think they're going to run against this team. I don't think they will pass against Buffalo. I think they will run against Buffalo. And I think you're going to see Hilaire will be somewhat healthy, but I think it's going to be Le'Veon Bell. And I think you're going to depend on Le'Veon Bell. Look, we love Le'Veon Bell over the years. Hold on. Especially if Mahomes is out. Especially if Mahomes is out. If Mahomes is in, they win by 15. You're right. I think they win going away. If Mahomes is out, I think they win by a field goal or a touchdown, but they still win. Um, so that so we have for me, it's Tampa Bay versus uh, Kansas City, and for you, it's Green Bay versus Kansas uh, versus Kansas City or Buffalo, depending on who plays and who does not. Um, yeah, and uh, we'll be back next week with our Super Bowl. Uh, I guess we have a week between, right? Yeah, we, There's still, hey, still dude, a week between. Enjoy the inauguration tomorrow. I hear we have a new president. <sighs> I'm, I'm bringing a beer. I'm bringing a beer to the office, cracking it open, putting my feet up, and just going. <sighs> I will tell you before we leave. No matter what happens tomorrow, and we know what's going to happen tomorrow, let it be a day of peace. Seriously, we do not need what we saw two weeks ago. I, I I don't care who's right and who's wrong. We do not need what we saw two weeks ago. And I hope that the, the events of tomorrow do not spur more violence, more importantly, more death, uh, because that's the last thing that we need as a country. So what we need is more football and less James Harden. Okay, so next week uh, we'll talk more about this James Harden fit. We'll definitely uh, chime in, hopefully uh, – We'll have a resolution as to where Deshaun Watson is going to go, although I'm not sure that's going to happen. And we'll talk a little hockey and baseball because there were some free agent signings made in the last couple of weeks as well that we need to catch up on, particularly for your Yankees. So for Seth Kamins, who is 
over there, and Sean Palmer, Seth and Where? Sean Sports, Seth and Sean Sports Radio on Streamyard, and we'll catch you guys next week. Have a good, good one, everybody. Night. See you. Bye.
can't take three minutes, it's four minutes. For a second, it's like a new paper takes 25. And we went through and text message, like guy calls me at 12 and I don't get back to him. At six o'clock, he's like, please call me back. I'm like, dude, give me a break. He's like, and I, I call him, it's a question, I'm like, email me the question, like it's not something I can answer. It's a PPP question, which some of them I cannot answer off the top of my head. And I'm like, you got, he's like, should I do it this way? Should I do it this way? I'm like, dude, email me the question and I'll take a look. Like, I don't know. And he's like, well, I thought, you know, you've been so helpful, like you've done all this other stuff. I'm like, yeah, they changed the rules 11 times. I can't memorize all this shit. Yeah. 
He just, yeah, he, he just is. Yeah, I, I don't know either.
Okay, so yeah, so continue.
Okay. Sorry, dude, I got I got it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I got it. I have a Zoom with my sister and my nephew. So let me go. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you tomorrow about it. Okay. Bye. Okay. Sounds good. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey. Can you see me? It's weird. Where's the? Let's see. Hold on. Where am I? I can't. What's going on here? What's going on here? You're mute. I know. I'm. All right, Car Mish. I'm gonna shut down and reboot. Give me two minutes. Thanks. Okay. Let's try again. This time, okay? Try this time again. So which one is it? That one?